Welcome back to Romberg and the Money, your weekly rambling stock market rundown where we, your hapless hosts, discuss current events and spread wild conjecture in an ever-shifting market. We are rank amateurs. Every word we say is the opposite of financial advice and should be completely disregarded. Romberg is not for everyone. Please consult with your financial advisor to see if you are healthy enough for Romberg. So we're here, but I'm waiting for the disclaimer. That's your role. Oh no, see the disclaimer already happens. I edit that in. Ah! Well, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is Friday, June 25th. Pretty, what's, uh, how, how was your week? Wait, June 25th, what year? I'm pretty old, I don't remember dates. 2021. Unfortunately, it is still 2021, the year that just will not end. (laughs) So, you know, I, uh, Alzheimer's for me, you know, I'm always waiting for it and wondering when it's coming. So uh, you can always remind me to make sure that I'm I'm uh, investing in the stock market or speculating in it uh, in the right year. <laughs> so, uh, so if what? you're using 2020 numbers, you're going to be a little behind the curve. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, actually, I might have done better in some periods of time along there. So anyway, so what's been going on? I'll tell you, but uh, it's been a weird week, right? It has so, been a weird week. It's, you know, I love that. I love all the soothsayers in the marketplace out there that are always going, oh, you know, let's, um, you, you need to move your money from tech to finance, uh, to uh, financials. And then we'll wait a minute. Now you need to move them to, you know, retail or something um, that is, uh, you know, currently moving upward because of, of Christmas or whatever coming, you know, something like that. And as they're always telling you where to move your money. I always wonder, you know, how many of us out there think, ooh, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to go to consumer secular, uh, 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 cyclicals or we need to go to you know banks or we need to because they say so what a bad idea that is that's just such a bad idea well I mean it a works first, out great for them yeah, yeah well it works out great for the people selling you the stuff exactly. uh, they're, right. they're selling the stock and they're saying hey you should buy this while they're selling it and then you know that keeps the price up while they're selling and works out it works exactly as intended let's put it well, that way there's always a winner, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, our goal here at Romberg is to let you be the winner, right, instead of them. So Our goal here is to keep you from being the loser as often as possible. Yes, and that's why you should never listen to us, because we do not know the future. No. <laughs> and our advice is probably really bad. Our advice but I'm is terrible. Gonna... Terrible and worse than meaningless. Right. So I'm sitting here looking at the week, and I'm thinking, okay, so what happened this week? So what did happen this week? Talk well, about major headlines here. So financials dropped like a rock for a little bit, right? Uh huh. And it's like uh, because uh, the yield curve issue, right? And and inflation and the the Fed not acting, acting not enough acting, you know, talking about things that haven't even happened and just maybe might happen you know too many people you know i can tell you that um bernacki poops on the toilet like the rest of us i'm just saying he does by the way uh still I've had relevant? A, well it is kind of relevant because oh no, bernanke i thought he yeah i know he hasn't been there since 2014. Uh, what are you talking about oh powell jesus <laughs> you know i should not go to the bar before we do this yeah, I mean, yeah, actively drinking. <laughs> I'm at Powell. Fed Chair Powell, so thank you for correcting me. This is why you shouldn't listen to me, because I don't even know what year we're in. I told you that earlier. President Bush you. made a statement earlier. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, we got mixed messages, and then uh, everything drops out, right? Well, there's no mechanical reason for it to dump, to dump right? Um, so the weird thing was, so why did it come back? 
why is it on the move again? Well, unemployment numbers again came back and they're like, well, they aren't as bad. They're stable. Things didn't wildly move in one direction or another. So all of a sudden, magically, we're happy again. They like to play on our emotions way too much, and we are willing to let them do it. Uh, and so I'm going to encourage all us crazy speculators and investors to have our own plan. You know, have your own plan and have the conviction of your plan to not let them sway you from it. It's a long game. It's always a long game. You always see me out here with these five-year charts first, and it's because it's a long game. I might be playing in the short window. I might be up here, you know, playing up here in this circle up here, but the game is the long game. And right. I always want it to be working in my favor. And the plan, everyone should plan that way, even in speculation. So kind of that's kind of the news, you know, uh, everybody's being told that growth maybe should step away from it and then you know because inflation might erode some of it and then, you know I go back to the to the uh, issue the, the not the issue but the base basic facts that these gigantic uh, tech companies have all the money and um, if I'm putting my money in a bank you know like an investment I want my bank to have lots of money. So when I come back to get it out, it's there still. You know, uh, so uh, I can tell you that most of the time stock pickers, uh, they'll talk about stock pickers market. I think I heard that recently. How about you? Stock pickers market? No, I'm not familiar with the term. Uh, well, it's kind of like, well, the indexes went way up. Can't play the indexes. Um, you know, sectors went way up, can't play the sectors, but inside of the sectors, inside of the um, of the indexes are these little tiny pieces of, of, you can go and pick and choose through the stocks, right? So I want to be in tech, but I probably shouldn't own Amazon. Well, that's crazy. So I should go pick a stock in tech that no one's ever heard of, uh, that's on some growth curve that might make me some money. I mean, that's kind of like where they go with that idea. And and I don't, um, and all I can say is in, with a small portfolio, and I don't know what anyone's portfolios are, but, you know, I wouldn't pick stocks individually if I had less than $5 million. Huh? It's, a bad, it's just a bad plan. Because one of those companies can hurt you so badly. And people get lost sometimes and, well, this is going to the moon, which would be a fun trip. Like, you know, Bezos, may, he's going to get close to the moon, closer Trip-trip than I am. Bezos. <laughs> and uh, so, quick, but, but quick, it goes. Quick detour for a moment here. Have you yeah, seen, yeah. I assume you've seen the thing about the, um, the signatures to keep Jeffrey Bezos from being allowed back into Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> okay, not really, but uh, I. Yeah, no, it. there's a petition to deny him reentry. Well, we don't want him in space all the time because because his brain is so large, he'll look down on all of us, and he will have us all in his sights. In fact, he can rule from space because that's the ultimate throne. I think that's his plan, honestly. <laughs> Uh-huh. All these people are like, oh, yeah, we're going to make it so he has to stay up there. Like, what makes you think he wants to come back? Yeah, exactly. Well, Elon's going to be really disturbed by this whole thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. I thought I was the king of space. Exactly. He spent all this money making himself king of space, and someone else is going to get to live there first. I, it's just a, yeah, um, it's going to be fun to watch. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, so... We should always have a plan. I, I barked on that for a couple of times. So here's a plan. I got an idea. Here's your plan. I'm listening. All right. So I'm going to go really kind of narrow on a couple of things here because we talked too broad. We've talked pretty broadly about stuff like this. Sure. So what would happen if I went to 
I don't. I, it, there's uh, the monitor, right? Let's see. I don't have. There's some holdings in here from something I was messing with a long time ago, and this is um, unimportant. Okay. So I'm gonna get rid of it, and boom, it's gone. So what if we decided let's take the um, let's take the TQQs. Here is a strategy. I'm not advocating it, but I will. Um, I, I'll show you how a plan could work. Somebody who's thoughtful about what they want to do. Okay. Let's right. say. Now, this is options, not stocks. You can lose all your money in options. Yes. Uh, but it also can limit your risk. So let's say I want to own the TQQs, but I don't own them yet. Uh-huh. Let's say that I have enough money to pay the current price of $117 a share, and I have enough money to buy 100 shares, mm -hmm. which would be the equivalence of a contract. So right. $117 would be $11,751 of a purchase. Uh-huh. All right, because I like that. So now I've looked at the chart on the TQQs. I've looked and I see the channels over the five-year window, and I see uh, that there's a marker up here, and we'll zoom in on this, and I see... Uh, that we're at the top of this channel line, you know, a little bit over uh, bought. And, mm -hmm. but it also has made a move from baseline, which was in here, and it broke out and reached its uh, high. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, where would I want to own the stock? Because I'm going to buy it. Okay, I'm going to buy it. So where would I prefer to own the stock at? So maybe I would prefer to own it at the lower part of the channel at $101. I mean, generally speaking, yes, you would prefer to buy it low. Okay, great. Buy low, sell high. Buy high, but sell low. Wrong. I could, I could just go buy it right now and pay the $11,700 for my 100 shares, or, or I can come back over here and say, well, you know, if it's, I can go out to January, which is uh, by six, deep in the money, months. long call or long. I, yeah. No, I can be a seller. Which sell makes put. Me. Yes, exactly. So I could go in here and say, I want to, I want to sell the put. I don't want to buy it because that, that'd be making the wrong bet. It would run against the trend. I'm going to make. This is a very simple. Options are really complicated and can can be really complicated. And if you overcomplicate them, you can get yourself in trouble. But let's just take a simple premise. I want to buy the stock today, but I don't want to pay 117. Mm -hmm. So I can sell this put to somebody else who's going to have the right to 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 sell me their their TQQs at 117 in January of 2022 for $117. Right, but until then, you get to keep the premium. So I'm going to sell that one, one single, um, whoop, it ended up being a purchase. I'm going to sell one contract, get down to one contract. And I'm going to sell it for $18.75. So I don't have to bid that. I can bid somewhere in between. I can go in the middle and, and hope to get an execution. But what does it mean? Let's look. I open up my, well, and every program is a little different. Of course, I'm still using, you know, the program that needs to sponsor me. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, uh, take that, strike that from the entire um, dialogue when you do your edit. Uh, uh, I will not. I'm going to leave that there as is. 
So what what is this telling me? Okay, I'm selling 100 shares, a contract, one contract, equaling 100 shares. Somebody is going to give me $1,970. They're going to give that to me. Yes. That's going to go into my account, and it's going to sit there. Um, In all likelihood, you're probably going to use it, but yeah. I'm going to be obligated to that $1,970. So it's going to uh, be debited. The entire purchase of $11,000, you know, well, actually the debit value is $9,780 because I'm getting $1,970. So in the end, my uh, break-even price on this is going to end up being basically 117 minus 18 dollars because someone gave me or 19 so someone gave me that 19 dollars so in january 22nd or in january whatever the date is on this particular one january 21st 2022 if the stock is anywhere between 117 and 90 eight dollars roughly i'll have made money whatever that whatever the value is in between there right if if the stock goes down to 115 guess what i did i bought it at 117.50 and so what because in the end i was going to buy it anyway it's just now i've bought it down here yep on the long channel i got myself i've been in a better position longer term for gains it could continue down and i could lose more i think but, i think one of the really only downsides of this kind of strategy is it requires you to have you know the the cash to sell the put up front well here's the so you're you're stuck anyway if you're going to trade the stock and by trade, I mean, I don't mean day trade. I mean, you're trading it, you know, maybe this week you trade it, maybe a month from now you trade it again. If you're doing that kind of trading, if you have less than 100 shares of anything, this, uh, then you're not gonna trade profitably anyway, unless you pick the random one stock out of thousands that happened to just randomly ride the rails up for some unknown reason or, or for good reason for all that matter it doesn't matter it, it when you're trying to pick something that goes to the moon or pick something that's going to move 10 points let's say you bought a stock any stock at ten dollars and you bought 50 shares because you don't have enough for a contract mm-hmm. Well, 50 times 10 is $5,000. If it goes up 50%, what are you going to make? You lost me at the math, honestly. Oh, well, the, the point is, you don't, you know, you have to, it has to go, you have to pick the right stock and it has to move up 50% so you can make 2,500 bucks. Right. Right. But the likelihood is it'll make, it'll go up 10%. All right, so I got five thousand. What you're talking about here is leverage. Yeah, there's no leverage on it at all. So you're netting it out and hoping you pick the right stock. Right. Which is a, a poor plan. So let's take a different stock here. Let's take um, here's another one that is uh, got some volatility, for instance. Uh-huh. Uh, And, you know, you can see the charts kind of similar to the TQQs. This one trades at $52, right? Same scenario. What can I do? I can go out here. And the reason I picked these longer windows is like in before, where we were $118, you know, uh, and we're getting the, or $117, we're getting $18. Well, what is that? That's like 10%, right? Right, yeah. Roughly, and you're another your benefit of t- picking these longer, longer time scales is you're less vulnerable to to short term 
changes right. in price. And as the time erodes away, you're making money. So, for instance, yeah. for instance, today, um, I, you know, uh, but anyway, look, I'll just show you on this one real quick. So here's a the at the money value. So that's that's like 12 percent, right, right there. Yeah. So I if I go out there and this uh, stock on the long trend, uh, if it's uh, it, the trend is my friend, is still going up, up, up in the long, long run. So that's um, 12% and I'm making it in six months, I'm making 2% a month. Anybody in their right mind would take that deal. If they're okay, gonna 2%, 2% a month, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Now it may not work out that way because it doesn't always work out exactly that way, right? But um, because it might end up being uh, $52, right? Instead of 51.81. Well, it won't matter, you still made most of that money anyway. It would have to be way, way down here somewhere well, it'd have to be $46, roughly, for that to become a bad deal. And it's not even a bad deal because you could have bought it. You would have bought it at a higher number anyway. So why buy at the highest number when you can buy at a preferable number? There is the down, there's always a downside, right? The downside is this stock goes from 50 to 60 in a, in a month instead, right? Uh-huh. 50 to 60. I make uh, uh, 20% in 30 days instead of 12% in six months. All right. Well, um, okay, what's, that, I'm waiting for the downside. Okay. Well, so it's a, a balance of whether or not I get to make a lot more faster or whether I make my mm. money on a more stable list. Risky. Right. And I, we were talking about this a little like a, a couple months ago was I, I had sold some um, some options and then I had gotten more than half of their total in maybe 10 percent of their contract duration. It's like, well, I guess I closed them out. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and this the other thing is you can close these positions anytime you want. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so I was thinking, I'm like, well, you know, like this, like when I was talking about making, you know, X in six months, that was a good deal. But now I'm talking about making yeah. less than half of that in five months. It's like, well, right. why? So if somebody did give me $850 for this, let's say, this contract of 100 shares, they gave me the 850 and it went up 20 points. Well, the time value erosion is going to rapidly diminish quickly. You can literally close that $800 deal out in 30 days, maybe, and make 400 of it. Yeah, you might make, say walk, walk away with yeah. half of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and another, I, I'm not going to show you, but like today, uh, if you looked at the TQQ values, um, this well, this is something that I, I struggle with almost every time, though, is because, you know, the reason that you've made all that money, like you, you've, you know, quote unquote, made it, the, the value has dropped so much, is because the odds of the stock going back down to that price are now significantly lower, right? Right. As they go so, up, if you're selling a put as the stock value goes up. Right. The time right. erodes the value away on what was uh, uh, what is the option. Well, and, the time and the current value of the price yeah. versus the strike right. price. Yeah. So, you know, you look at it like, oh, well, I'm going to make only half half of this total amount in the remaining, you know, majority of this time scale. But the reason behind that is that it's much more likely to happen. You know, you're much yeah. more likely to get to pocket that, you know, four hundred dollars in right. its entirety if you just wait back for four or five months well yeah so i so we're i was just trying to show the basic premise of the idea of trying to buy sure. low and sell high <clears throat> but um so i oftentimes will leave a trade with money on the table so in the case of selling this put on the tqqs for 18 dollars for six months if i if I'm in four months of the six and only 10% of the time value is left, I'll go, I'll leave because I can reestablish a new position 
at a higher rate. And right, get a, at higher a, a further time. Right, yeah. and a higher compounding value and um, take that money off the table and get a bigger return. So like a great uh, kind of interestingly today, which uh, I like to once in a while, <laughs> I look at these and I go, wow, that, that's pretty good. So today you can see the TQQs kind of started up and then went down and closed a little lower than yesterday's close, right? Not much, mm-hmm. but a little down 0.37% or 0.31%, 37 cents. Guess what? I made money on those today. My TQQ holdings in my personal account value actually went up. And it it went up because of the time erosion on those uh, options as, as, as time marches on. Uh, the value of the TQQs went down less than the time erosion value, so consequently ended up with a gain anyway on this stock today. Um, so, you know, I, I, these are kind of complicated, can be complicated, but they don't need to be. You just have to understand some very, very basic things. So there's, if we were talking about options on call, this just call inputs, not talking about condors, not talking about strangles, not talking about crawlers. Right. Yeah, you know, just calls and puts. Um, no spreads, just no spreads. single single options on single stocks. Right. So I could go out and say, again, back on these TQQs again, what if I wanted to buy? So an option, to buy an option is a bullish bet. You're already betting that it's heading up, right? I'm not going to go out to January. Oh, well, I could I could start here really quickly and say, if you, so the options part of the market, there's a little discrepancy here, but the options market, it's not very big. The options market says, I'm betting $20 today that this stock is going to uh be higher than the current value, 117.50, plus $20. So if you bought this for January, you're you're betting that it's going to be above $138. Mm -hmm. All right. And that would cost you um, $2,000 for that contract. Now, I wouldn't do that because... Uh, I'd rather make my bet, my bullish bet this way by selling than by buying. Right. It's a preference. Yeah, because when, when you're buying, the, the risk there is you're you're playing against time erosion. Well, in both cases, time's going to kill kill me off one way or the other. But on this side of the equation, I'm spending my money for the bullish position. On this side of the equation, on the put side, I'm being paid money for my bullish intentions. (laughs) So if I sell this, it's bullish. If I buy this, it's bullish. It's just, do I want a debit transaction or credit transaction? Right. Right. So, but to go back to some other more basic underlying concepts, if I drill back up and I go June 25, which is, you know, next Friday, I guess. No, that's today. Uh, July. If I go out there and say, I think it's going up next week by, you know, we're at 117.50. I don't know, we pick 117.50. We're at 117.50. So another way to play it, if, if you really believe that TQQs, if you're following the chart and you've got some sort of strategy, are going back up next week, uh, you could you could buy a hundred shares for uh, two dollars sixty uh, if you buy at the market two sixty three. So you could, for twenty six hundred and thirty dollars you can buy an option that that says by next Friday this will be higher than right. one seventeen fifty. Now. That's an, uh, this would be a bullish move to do this right here. But the bullish move uh, and the risk in the bullish move is uh, if it is that 
if it doesn't make it to, <laughs> to um, uh, that's a 117.50. So that if it stays above 117.50, essentially, you're going, it actually has to be 117.50 plus 263. Uh, you're not making money until it hits like 119. Right. But if it goes to one. 30 next week, of course, you're making bank and you spent a fraction of the money because you leveraged it pretty big. That's that's the advantage and that's the risk, right. the risk reward and, right there. Yeah, well, and the risk is defined. This is the bigger the bigger issue is when you buy it that way, the risk is now defined. The most you're going to lose is $2,630 on the contract. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, I... I I struggle with that a little bit because it's it's a total loss. And if you're <laughs> playing with numbers big enough to be relevant to your account, that's bad. Well, uh, there's uh, the other way is to go deeper into the money. But that right. means you, you plan to buy it anyway. You're going to buy it. So you could go down to 110. Of course, that would be 118.30 on your break even. You could go deeper and go down to 100, let's say, at 18, that's 118.05. So that's your new break even. I mean, you can get some leverage on the long side by buying an option call, but I, I, I would, I'm not an advocator of short-term call options um, unless you're ready to literally just buy the stock. And if you're gonna buy it- to buy the stock, that's- I would I would rather buy it on on the other side of the equation. I'm trying so anyway, to think of what this is called, where you buy a long-term deep in the money call, and then you I think sell out of the money calls on it. It's like it's called like a poor man's something or other. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there. Uh, that's why I didn't want to drill into all that kind of detail because there's all kinds of ways to mitigate your 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 risk. I'm just pointing covered. out that I want that there's there's a couple of basic ways to do this. You can also sell a call if you have the stock. Right. I wouldn't yeah. advocate, but I wouldn't advocate that at all because now if you own the stock and you're selling a call against it, you're actually betting against yourself. Now yeah. you can go way out of the money and say, well, I. I don't believe the stock will make it to this number out here at, at 121, for instance. So I'll sell that call right. and I'll get $112. But you have to know what the volatility of your stock is. This particular right. stock could move 10 points in two days. Right. That'd be a very bad bet. Right. See, very, you, very this, is, this is a place where I think you and I disagree a little bit is when I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, well, I own the stock. If I'm selling an out of the money call on it, right? That's I, I'm saying, you know, if it goes up 20 percent in the next six months, like I'm I'm happy to cash out then, because what my concern is then is I put it at a number where I start thinking the stock is overbought. So I, I think of it as like a, a way for me to back out of a stock that's that is maybe overheated and get that that premium in the meantime. So fundamentally, there's two questions a person should always ask themselves. One, do I want to be in the stock? Because if you do, uh, you're betting against yourself by capping it with sure. a call option. Sure. If you don't want to be in the stock because you think it's overbought, then just sell the stock. Well, that's what I'm saying. I might not think it's overbought yet, but if it goes up, you know, 20, 40 percent, whatever I sell my call the, at, that would the change the math maybe. The, the problem is that you don't know how overbought anything's going to be. No, it can be overbought for a very long time. It could be overbought for three months and continue getting overbought, more overbought, and more overbought. In the meantime, you're losing out because you capped yourself at a value. It's a, it's just a bad strategy, uh, at least from my perspective. It's a bad strategy um, to sell options against stocks that are climbing. If they're mm -hmm. not climbing, you shouldn't own them. If they're not trending up, you shouldn't own them. And if you're trying to sell at the higher part of the overbought, then you're trying to time the market. Market timing is another bad strategy. 
Yeah. That's why that's why the indexes outperform money managers 90% of the time. You can't time the market. But what you can do is mitigate risk. That's that's the dominant game. Mitigate the risk. Don't mitigate the opportunity. <laughs> mitigate the risk. <laughs> that's what I say. Anyway, I'm crazy and I should never be listened to. No, and this totally, may seem, like, I, I think that's a totally valid take on it. You know, this may be, you, you want to get everything you can out of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're probably just, you know, you and me are probably the only two people that listen to our own uh, stuff here. But um, well, it's probably I, for the best, if we're honest. <laughs> honestly, it probably is. Because <laughs> we, I, I am the most confusing person I've ever listened to. Sometimes I ask myself, what did I say? I don't even understand it. That's just crazy. <laughs> hey, will you fly over to Hawaii and, uh, you know, uh, drive me down to the old folks home? Um, do I get your portfolio? No. <laughs> pro- pro- probably not. All right. Well, all right. So what? what's on your mind anyway? I mean, I just, I blab. That's me. I just blab. I had a good week and I'm very happy with, what went on this week it worked out really quite well i had um, a pretty good week honestly um good. nothing nothing terribly exciting uh i i've been long on iron mountain it was up you know 15 percent or something now it's up you know nine percent it's it's had kind of a bit of a slide recently my i'm my intention is to hold this stock for for a while that's irm if you're curious well um i i didn't want to make an example of you Oh no! I know you're going to. We've talked about before how, how you're not a huge fan of Iron Mountain. Um, uh, I'm not a. Uh, let me just correct you about one thing. I could really care less about any stock. Right. I really. I just don't care. I only <laughs> care. I'm like Mr. Wonderful on the Shark Tank. I only care about making money. The rest of it is only the vehicle I can find to do it with. I have no dog in any fight other than how do I make money with this particular, uh, what was that symbol? I-R-M. Oh, M. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know what? The short-term window is pretty just M. That's just M. Oh, well, stupid. Well, all right. Still not so bad. No, I, so, I'm still happy. With it. Like I said, it had a rough week. It hit the top of its channel, and now yeah. it's hit kind of the bottom of its channel. Yeah. Where's your exit? So, your exit? <laughs> uh, that's a great question, Jim. Um, what, what's the most amount of money you're willing to lose on this before you decide it's probably not for you to be there anymore. here's where i'm at um without without giving away my hand entirely basically my thought is as long as it stays above the price i bought it at i'm a happy camper because i've already gotten a couple of dividends from it that have been you know substantial enough um so, so basically your baseline cost yeah well i mean that's a plan right at least yeah. that's a plan yeah, um, and I'm, I'm mitigating that a bit because when it hit the top of the channel i I actually timed it fairly well. Going back to what I was talking about, like when you sell calls, I sold mm-hmm. some calls on it um, when it when it looked like it was getting a little hot and there was concerns about it dropping off. You know, I'd seen a couple articles and I was thinking, okay, well, like there was a, a very interesting article that came out that was talking about um, insider sentiment. Like what are the people that work at this company doing? And there was signs that they had been selling. So I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to get rid of the stock long-term, but um i am going to go ahead and sell some calls on it and at least make at least um kind of reduce the amount of money i'm going to lose on this drop so i can use it elsewhere i'm glad that we're talking about one of the ones you like uh because normally all we talk about are the things i'm trading so anyway so this uh i like to look at things that what is this is this three year uh this is two two year okay yeah, so you know, I like my drawing tools. You know me. Yep. So this whole chunk through here. Yep. A, uh, obviously a side channel. This whole chunk through here. Obviously COVID. 
I was going to say that. I think that's COVID. <laughs> and then, of course, I like to look at what this really means. There was a silly little cold virus that ruined the world. Did you remember that? Yeah. I just like to get rid. I mean, I'd like to get rid of this kind of a noise. Exactly. It's it's hard to work with, honestly, when I'm looking at these charts. Yeah. And if I was to, I mean, in this window, I mean, you can see that the mean average is um, is is actually 34.55. That's the mean yeah. uh, on this pile. But if I'm looking at it, if I get rid of the COVID and I get back to maybe a more reasonable, where would this have wandered to with this pattern? It would probably have been somewhere up about in here somewhere. Uh, yeah, like I, I think if there. you look at it, there's basically this this valley almost from the peak on the left right before COVID, because it was clearly on an upward trend in the like month up to COVID. And then you can kind of trace that across all the way, and you can see where it, yeah. it kind of climbed its way back out of COVID. I think that was in January of this year. Yeah. So, so I just drew two lines. One is a mean average that incorporates this value up here, mm -hmm. and which is this line here. In fact, I'll just get rid of this other line. I like to do a little bit of deconstruction and um, not a judgment on the on what what you're doing, of course. <laughs> not, I'm telling you, it's not. <laughs> so let's get rid of this one. So this is a regressive average line that incorporates this upper value. And then all these other values in between the upper value uh, or, or the other. Um, so if I follow this line, we're talking about $39. I mean, you get into overbought up above there from my perspective. That does not mean it will not continue up there because these lines can drift upward as they. Yeah, if they it depends on what timeline you're looking at, because you're looking right. at a company that is growing they've changed their their strategy like i said you you talked about like kind of knowing what the story is behind a company and using that to base your decisions what i'm looking at is they, they have a solid business of where they're maintaining all these paper records right and unfortunately yep. for a lot of these companies they're kind of held ransom mm -hmm. but at the same time they're transitioning very aggressively into like a cloud data management company and they've got the the wherewithal to make that happen and i yep. think what we saw here in this 15 percent run up that happened very quickly is um the kind of the exuberance phase and now we're seeing like the the valley of disappointment and so <laughs> if we follow if we follow that kind of trajectory i do think we're we're kind of going to be looking at like a return to like 39 dollars yeah. Which so, I wouldn't be thrilled about, but I could still stomach. Well, so I'm not saying it would go there because we, we got a situation, you know, that we, this is why I, why you always need to know what kind of trader you're going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, I have a very rigid strategy. I have a very limited pool of stocks that fit the strategy uh, that I've worked on developing. And I am unwilling, even if, uh, there is an exciting thing. I'm still unwilling to delve out because if, if something's work, I don't break it. I just, I right. just don't. No, 100%. Right? So even though this has been on a five-year trend downward, um, there is a fulcrum moment in here that's happening. This something at the company has changed. Right. So... That, so this is an opportunity for an individual stock to trade it, right? Um, and you can see that in a five-year con condensed window, um, this has got a very steep inclination, which would uh, in and of itself cause me some, as, a, as doing my type of investing and applying it, And that there's some form of somewhere, I don't know where, but somewhere in here, uh, there could be some 
adjustment. Um, right. Like I said, I think, but, I think we've kind right. of come down out of the exuberance phase. So then we go back out and look at that same program. And let's go back and see what happened. My, my little notation didn't work out at that, at that scale very well. But essentially, we're talking about right here. You can see it down below right here that the market and the people that know stuff this this is not you and me we don't get to know stuff that's why i like follow technical things not so much story things i'm right. always i'm always at the tail of the story it already happened before i get to to understand what's going on but you can see that there is a very major something and a bunch of money poured in here a bunch and you can see that bunch of money reflected in to the price. And then from there, it didn't just come back down and break down and wander off again and decide. It has continued to be accumulated. So this stock is under accumulation and has been since January. I uh, don't know the story behind it, but it certainly would have been, this would have been an indicator to me right here. Actually, one, two, and three somewhere there is a breakout story here i don't know what it is but i could probably trade this if i wanted to and i'd spend a little time figuring out how i might go about doing it so um so i'm not so kudos to you uh for identifying this uh breakout for your kind of trading and the reason i wanted to use this is because i need i don't need everyone to know my type of trading but <laughs> Yours too. I mean, I mean, you can't learn anything if you don't experiment with other things. So. I basically have an account that's set aside that I, I have basically designated as gambling money, where I am, <laughs> I'm, it's money that I am willing to lose so that I can use it to, to learn how to trade better and how to, you know, use, use the tools that are at my disposal, since nobody teaches this. So I'm gonna let me uh, let me share one thought with you. Yeah. Because I'm not a fan of a concept of money to lose, and I know that's not what you mean by it. But I am unwilling to lose any money. Uh, I don't put money anywhere uh, using that logic. Mm -hmm. I put money. I think that the tra uh, the transformative linguistical expression should be that are not it's not linguistic expression it's actually an attitude or a, an emotional situation you've got to separate yourself from your money you have to keep your brain and emotions out of the money money is only a thing so it's a resource so you have to plan your resources i never plan on putting money in somewhere I'm willing to lose because I always have a plan to win. And if I'm wrong, I may lose. But because I'm not emotionally connected to the money, the loss is not in, in, important to me. Right. I, I think that's a good way a of, of expressing what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I do, too. I just I'm not a fan of the term. I wish it would go away. I have other people that tell me, well, I only put in what I wish I could what I'm willing to lose. OK, well. Go stick it in the slot machine then. If you're willing yeah, to lose I, it, you I might as well. Maybe, I think that's the wrong <laughs> way of saying it. I think it's what you can what you can survive losing because you're you're making an investment. You know, no well, investment is guaranteed. Again, when you're talking about this, I think a lot of people, especially like with the the rise of Robinhood and then options trading, like people are doing stupid things with money, right? Because they're like, oh, it's free money. You know, the, they don't understand the risk there. And they, they put in money that they can't afford to lose, money that they, that they are emotionally tied to, their well-being depends on. And right. that's when you really can run into some some trouble. Well, and I, I think that was the additional comment I wanted to add into what you were saying was just simply that um, it, it's not money, again, it's not money you can afford to lose. It's not money, first of all, nobody should put money into any kind of trading environment that they need ever exactly exactly <laughs> um if you're and if you're 21 and you're planning for your future and your future is not as a professional trader 
uh, and you you know that you went out and gained experience and then learned how to manage your risk at all levels, then you should incrementally just be a steady buyer of something you believe in, uh, whether it's an index or stock or three or four stocks. I would never spread my money over tons of stocks. That averaging down your yield is never a good plan, but I mean, you should always- I mean, that's what buying an index is, but go on. Well, not really, because you know the old, the old, the old uh, strategy is, you know, I'm 66, so what should I have? Oh, I should have a mix of like 40% bonds, 20% of this, and some dividend stocks, and a little bit of equity. Okay, yeah, I'm old now. I need my money, uh, and I know that you're trying to protect me by saying I need to be have it more safer. Um, but at the same time, I need more money. That's because I'm old and I'm retiring. So, right. uh, but I think it's a great opportunity, especially for youngsters like yourself, uh, to find something, invest very long term um, in that something. But that's not what the show's about. This is about kicking, kicking the dirt up and finding out what's happening out there. And trying to outthink everybody else at all times, right? Theoretically. Or at anyway. least not lose your ass. Yeah. So um, that's probably where we should end the show for this week anyway. Yeah, probably. Uh, again, it's always fun to beat this stuff around. But uh, I'll be here next week. Same. Probably. Well, I'm thinking I'll be here next week. Well, I'll uh, I'll probably well we'll see because it's supposed to go up to 115 here for two or three days in a row. So I might not be here next week. I might have just perished. In which case, <laughs> I give you full permission to carry on the show without me. Without you, you make it fun and interesting. I I'm I am boring and snoring. Well, see, so you're I'm, the one who makes it at least marginally informative, and it's not just me talking out of my ass. Oh, so. you're so nice. Anyway, buddy, uh, good talking to you and. Um, I don't, I don't know what came of any of this, but it was fun, and we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Talk to you then. <laughs>